morning, Gateway Church. We're a growing family after God's heart, and he has a kind heart. Does he not? He's a kind God. He tenderly loves us and forgives us and cleanses us. When we own up and confess and repent of our sins, we're pretty good at beating ourselves up. Anybody good at that? Wow, and then we have this accuser, the enemy, who's right there saying, yeah, you're right. You're right. You are a loser. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never ever win over that struggle of sin that you continue to fall into. He tells us all kinds of lies. I got up one morning this past week. I was beating myself up for all the failures, listen, of the previous day. These weren't failures of 10 years ago or 15 years ago. These were the failures that I committed the day before. Talk about waking up on the wrong side of the bed. That's not a good way to start a new day, is it? If you don't recognize what's going on, it's going to be a long, grueling day. You know what I mean. Good thing I got in the Word. I was reading in my devotions that morning this incredible scripture, and it encouraged my heart. It was God. It was the Lord. That's why I say God is a kind Father. I read these words because of the tender mercy of our God. I underlined those words, tender mercy, by which the rising sun will come to you from heaven. I bowed my head and whispered to God, Thank you for your tender mercy. I love when the father tenderly kisses the forehead of his son or daughter, treating, treating them graciously and gracefully. Now that's how to start your, your day, right? Right here. That's how to start it on this note. Not by the slap on the face of the accuser, but a kiss on the forehead of a kind father. The book of Nehemiah opens up that way by a man who was like that. He was gracious and graceful. There's a phrase in the book of Nehemiah that caught my attention. A few weeks ago, we, we started a series. And the title of our series through the book of Nehemiah is this title, Rebuilding Our Blank. And there's a reason why I titled it this way. Because as the Holy Spirit ministers to your heart, as you read this word, and read it again, and study it, and pray, God's going to help you fill in the blank. What is it in your life? What part of the section of the wall do you need God to help you rebuild? All of us have some kind of brokenness in our life that needs rebuilding. 
But in addition to that, God may be calling you to be a Nehemiah for someone else. You can do both. It's, it can happen. You can rebuild a section of the wall in your life, and then you can help someone else rebuild theirs. There's a phrase in the first chapter in Nehemiah 1 that will lead us into this table, communion. My plan wasn't to preach on Nehemiah today. I didn't see any connect between Nehemiah and the Lord's table. But the more I read and studied it, the more parallels I see from Nehemiah to Jesus. The book opens with these words. Have it right on the screen. The words of Nehemiah in the month of Kislev in the 20th year. While I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, here's the report. Those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. In response to Nehemiah's inquiry, Hananiah and the others didn't say, verse 3, we just read it, they are in great trouble, period. They could have said that. They could have stopped right there. It would have been a true statement. This people, they are in great trouble. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates have been burned with fire. And that would have been a true statement. They are in great trouble. They were. But there's a couple of other words that describe even more descriptively what's going on. After the conjunction, and. And what? It's not a very encouraging word. I don't like the word that follows, and. I try to stay away from this word as far away as I can possibly be from it, but sometimes we can't avoid it. Sometimes it comes as a result of a choice we make or made. May have been yesterday. May have been five years ago. May have been ten years ago. The enemy will try to remind you of something, some sin, some area, a choice you made when you were in college, when you were a teenager. They're in great trouble, period. No. They're in great disgrace. What a difference three letters makes when added to one of the most beautiful words in all of man's vocabulary. Isn't grace, isn't, isn't grace probably the best word there is? It encompasses everything about God, doesn't it? I love that word. It encompasses his love. 
His mercy, His forgiveness, His faithfulness. It's all about His grace. The prefix, D-I-S, takes that beautiful word. Sometimes that's the way we feel. Disgrace. We know what those three letters do to other words, from regard to disregard, from honorable to dishonorable, from able to disabled, from qualified to disqualified. You get it. Three letters can shipwreck a life. That's what Nehemiah's brother Hananiah said about the people in Jerusalem. They're not only in great trouble, they're in great disgrace. What does disgrace mean? I didn't want to look it up, but I did. According to the dictionary, in the noun form, here's what it says. Number one, the loss of respect, the loss of honor. Or esteem. It means shame. Shame on you. It's like oh, you could say anything other to get me through and discipline me, but that word is so condemning. Shame on you. Number two, a person, act, or thing that causes shame, reproach, or dishonor, or dishonorable, or shameful. Three, the state of being out of favor. When you're disgraced, all of a sudden, you're not in favor any longer. You've done something that removed you from the good graces, maybe of the family, of a group of friends that were once friends but are no longer friends because of something that happened and you've been disgraced. You've been shamed. You've been left out. What a hard and awful word. The Jewish people were mocked by others, saying, you are a disgrace. Maybe you have been a target of those words at some time in your life. You've been on the receiving end of that message, and right now you carry that wound deep in your heart. doesn't look like it, but if you were to talk to me face to face, that's what you're saying, if you were to really hear what I have to say about what's going on in my life, maybe those words were never direct, directly used, but that's the message that was conveyed because you blew it in some way. You never quite measured up. That's why a kiss on the forehead 
from your father is so healing because he says, my daughter, my son, you are not in disgrace. I believe that's what caused Nehemiah to weep. Verse 4, when I heard the report, I sat down and wept for days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven he's got a beautiful prayer read that prayer again and again and again it's so healing he identified with their shame isn't that amazing that's hard to do. Most people don't do that. Most people run away from disgrace. He ran to it. Here's a guy who's living hundreds of miles away. He's living a good life. Nehemiah had a great job. He was in a high position in the land. Why would he care? Why would he want to get involved in someone else's disgrace? Because he was connected to the heart of God. We know that by the prayer he prayed, verse 5. And he's so impacted by the report that for days he weeps. What made him cry? It's when you feel someone else's shame that you cry. You see, I thought Nehemiah was just a good book about great leaders who go in to a place and rebuild a wall, and it's about brick and mortar, and it's about, you know, seeing some things accomplished. It's so much more than brick and mortar. All those walls signified was the lives of real people who were in disgrace. And what does he do? He prays that God would send me. How many miles? 900 miles away from Susa in a nice, wonderful position. The great salary and all kinds of great benefits. And he's so emotionally impacted that he said, here I am, God. If you open up the door, I'll go. As I read and study this book, there are a lot of parallels between Nehemiah and Jesus. We know that in the word, that Jesus is the greater Abraham, he's the greater Moses, he's the greater Isaiah, Jesus is the greater Nehemiah. Nehemiah could only be used by God, Jesus is God. There's no one who can rebuild any better than Jesus can. There's no one who can take disgrace away like Jesus does because he carried it on himself. 
So I saw a number of parallels. Like Nehemiah, Jesus came. Jesus is greater. Nehemiah traveled hundreds of miles. Jesus traveled how long? How far, I should say. He came from heaven. Heaven is a real place. Where is heaven? It's up. Oh, really? It is up. How do I know that? Because when Jesus ascended, what does the very word mean? When he ascended, he was lifted up into heaven. He didn't just get past the atmosphere and then that's it. No, he continued to rise and rise. How far? Trillions times, trillions of miles away. He ascended and sat at the right hand of the Father. It's a real place. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many rooms. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. He traveled more than 900 miles. He came. Scott Wiggins called me last week. I was so encouraged by his call. He's the international worker. It was 10.30 at night and he was ready to go to bed. He's in K-Stand. He calls me and it, it sounds like he's right there in, in the next, next room. It's just crystal clear. And he's, he said, Pastor Paul, I just you're on my heart. Before I go to bed tonight, I want to pray for you. He is 7,000 miles away. He's, a, he's halfway around the planet. So he said, I'm 7,000 miles from you right now, and we are talking. He shared some great things, and, and uh, young men who are getting saved, and he had this fun little statement. He said, here in a couple of months, we want to go camp, or uh, we, got, we want to go a little further north to a river, and we want to go, we're going to go swimming. And you know what that code is code for? <laughs> That's code for, it's going to be some, some guys who, who get baptized. We're going to follow the Lord in baptism. A little bit like our brother did in, in uh, the Mississippi River, Larry, a few months ago. But Jesus came. More miles than that. Like Nehemiah, Jesus identified with the people. Jesus is greater. Nehemiah identifies. He cries, and then he goes. And when he prayed, he said, We have sinned. I have sinned. My family has sinned. And now in chapter 2, he's there. He traveled all the way. I went to Jerusalem. You'll see that in verse 11 of chapter 2. He's there. And then it reads, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come. 
I'm here. Let us. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in what? Disgrace. Jesus came to lift us out of disgrace. Like Nehemiah, Jesus operated in God's grace. Jesus is greater. Look at what he says. I told them about the, what? The gracious hand of my God. And what the king has said to me. Earlier, he talked about the gracious hand of God. They replied, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. There's something that Nehemiah couldn't do that Jesus did. Nehemiah couldn't carry the people's disgrace. Jesus took it. He took all of my shame and disgrace How do I know that? Because the word says it. I want you to turn to Isaiah 53, 2. And this is the scripture that is going to lead us into the Lord's table. Referring prophetically, prophesying about Jesus. Isaiah 53 is all about Jesus. I want you to just Read these words. Think about them. Jesus had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. He wasn't a rock star. He wouldn't be on the front magazine. He wasn't really. I I, I think, wow. You would think that Jesus would have been the most beautiful man, you know, that there was ever but he probably wasn't that great looking. How do I know that? Because that's what the Bible says. I'm not going to say he looked like any of you guys, all right? (laughs) What would I be saying? (laughs) He had no beauty. (laughs) Say, Hanson, you remind me, you probably look just like Jesus. That's not a compliment. (laughs) Well, it is. It is, but it isn't. Is it? He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised. Jesus. What does that mean? It means that people would say, Jesus, you are worthless. Your life counts for nothing. Jesus, you are a, can you believe this? 
You're a disgrace. That's what it means. You know what he did with that? He carried it so that we wouldn't have to. And then he kisses us on the forehead with his tender mercy. Rejected by mankind. Man of suffering. Familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Like one from whom people hid their faces. When you hide your face from someone, it's because you're ashamed of them. When you look away, so you don't want to be associated with whoever. Jesus knows how that feels when you're on the other side of it. Surely he took up our pain, that pain of disgrace, a pain that some of you are carrying in your heart right now. He took it up. He bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. And he did it because he loves us. Amazing love. There are two things that I want this sermon to accomplish. Number one, beloved, I want you to know something today. I want you to know it in your heart. That there is grace for any disgrace that you are carrying today. There's grace right here today. And number two, listen. Because this is the beauty of the body of Christ. I want you to extend grace to someone this week that you know is struggling to receive grace. I want you to do that. We all need grace. God's going to put someone on your heart, on your mind. I want you to extend grace. The same grace that the Father has kissed you with on the forehead. I just want you to find someone who may not be deserving. Who's deserving of grace? Not me. But boy, sure ministers to me when someone extends grace to someone as undeserving as me. And God can use you to minister. So I'm going to Ask the communion stewards if they'll come. We're going to...
tell Jesus today how, how appreciative we are of this grace. We're going to take that bread and take that cup. And when we do, I'm just going to say, Jesus, you carried my shame. You bore it all, all my disgrace. Communion is a time for us to say thanks. You don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to participate in it. I do ask that if you're a son or daughter, it's important that you are one of his. It doesn't mean anything if you're not. And if you say, I don't know if I'm a Christian, a follower of Christ, we'll cry out today. Simply say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Help me. I need you. There's no special prayer. It's just, it's that which comes from the heart. It's the cry of one who's disgraced, who needs grace. Before you partake, just ask the Lord, is there... Is there some offenses that I just need to clear up in my mind and in my heart? Maybe I need to to make some things right after I'm through here. As long as your heart's at peace. We'll do a little different. I'm going to ask the team to come. Once you receive that bread, just you can take that whenever you feel like, hey, now's the time for me to, to take that and say thanks. And then once the cup is, is passed out, you can receive that and take it at any moment. As the songs are being played, just, just reflect on, on the words of the songs. Spend this time with the Lord. Lord, thank you for taking all of our shame and kissing us with grace. I pray that a special touch of healing would come hearts that have listened to the lie of the enemy, the accuser, that they're not worthy. You carried that for us, Jesus. Pour out your grace. Pour out your grace in this place. Thank you for your body. That you came, identified with us. How far away is heaven? I don't know. When we hear about the stars and what's happening and how the stars are making noise, and we're giving praise to the awesome God that we serve. And it's just beyond us.
that you came to us. Born of the Virgin Mary, sinless, walked on this earth, sinless, tempted by the, by the accuser, sinless, and died on a cross for sinners. Thank you for your body broken for us. Thank you for your blood shed for us. That you tasted all of hell. You went to hell. You experienced all the wrath of God against sin so that we would never have to experience the wrath of God, but only the love of God. Lord, we're so thankful today. May we encounter your love and grace. In Jesus' name, amen.
sing that chorus, Jesus Messiah, one more time. song Jesus loves me again isn't that a great song I think that would be a cool song to end with all right so my brother he's he's on again and uh so you got to switch music here and find that 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 music but because that's what it's all about he loves us and has poured out his grace 
So let's, let's listen to that song and sing it with uh, this team as we close today. Jesus loves me. And if you have any doubt, Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus loves me This I know For the Bible It tells me so Little ones to Him
exactly how we needed to begin and how we needed to conclude. It's all about his, his love. And uh, he's tender towards us. Isn't that good news? Amen. Gonna have the team, they can come find a spot. I'm going to ask Pam Kringland. She's going to come and stand beside me today. And uh, there's a microphone somewhere. We lost it. But we can find one here, Pam. There it is. Let me grab that for you. All right. You stand right here, Pam. All right. All right. Okay. The reason why why Pam's standing beside me is because of the announcement that I'm going to make today, this morning. Pam's a dear friend, and we've been working side by side for almost 15 years now. And uh, this announcement is, is, is hard for me to make. I don't know anyone who is more dedicated to their ministry than Pam is and who works harder. She's passionate about Jesus and serving him in ministry. And this job here has never been a job, job for Pam. It's been a ministry. And her ministry as worship director at Gateway Church is nearing completion. And the reason has nothing to do with Pam herself. She's, she's been just an incredible gift to us. No, no, no doubt about that at all. And the reason is that the Lord's leading us to begin a process of looking for and extending a call to a full-time worship pastor. Now, this started for me about six months ago, a long time ago, and uh, I didn't necessarily see it coming, but that's how God often works in my life. I just try to, as best as I can, respond to what the Lord is saying to me, and then I, then I look for confirmations. I look for confirmations and received those confirmations and uh, sat down with Pam and uh, we talked together, cried together. And, um, and so this is what we need to do is just is to bless Pam, to rejoice, to stand with her, to, to love on her. And uh, she is going to share. That was part of what we talked about. And we've been working our way through this, working as best as we can. And uh, um, she has been so gracious. You know those words, gracious and graceful, that I, that I built my, my message on? Well, those are the words that I used describing Pam on Monday night when she shared with her worship team. And those words are descriptive of Pam and her heart. Grace, graceful and gracious. And so she's going to share it this time. And then we're going to close by blessing her in prayer. So Pam, you just kind of share your heart with us. I just want you guys to know that I am okay. It came as a shock. Um, I had, I told my team the other night how 
I thought about the possibility of being world's oldest worship director. <laughs> and, like at what point do you pull the plug, you know, 80, 85? Um, <laughs> but I wasn't expecting it to happen how and when it did, but I knew in my heart it was the Lord. So in the same way that Paul felt that the, it was the Lord's leading, I knew it was too. And in retrospect, I could see things that the Lord had done in my own heart in preparing me for a new season in my life. And I don't know what that new season is going to entail, but God has been so good to me and my family in just giving us so many encouraging words about, I just know he's got something really great in store for us. We don't know what that is yet, but um, he's a good God, and I've been walking with him for almost 30 years, Amen. and he has never... He's never, ever let me down. That's right. He has provided for me through all these years, all the ups and downs of life, and he has always been there in every way. So he is, he's going to be there through this transition. And so I'm actually excited. I, um, yeah, but um, I just, uh, so I want you guys to know I'm okay. We're good. We're good. We're moving forward. And, um I want to do the best job I can to prepare for the new, new pastor that will be coming and taking my place. So love your prayers just in cleaning my junk out of the office and just wisdom there, you know. What do you pitch and what do you save? And, yeah, it's just, wow, because 15 years of accumulation, oh, that's a long time. But, um, but I, I especially want to encourage you guys that God's got someone really great in store for you. In the same way that he has encouraged us, saying that he's got something good in store for us, he's got something good in store for you guys, too. So, again, I just want to encourage you guys to pray that the Lord connects us with just the right person for this church body. Because God loves you guys so much. And he wants to build on what we've got here That's in right. the worship area. Yes, and just continue to take it places. Yes, you know, that only he knows about. So just ask you guys to be praying and just stand with us in the season, and we'll keep you posted as sure. things develop. So thank you Amen. so much. I, I just, one last thing. I just want to say it's been one of the greatest blessings of my life to serve here these past 15 years. It's been so awesome. And I, so many relationships that, um, have been nurtured through the worship ministry and the tech ministry back there. So I, I just really loved that and um, just will always hold it dear in my heart. So. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. 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 Pam, I'm going to ask you just to stand right, right here. And uh, let's uh, extend. Deanna's going to come. We have been very, very close, and we are close. Deanna, maybe you can come on the other side. And uh, let's, let's bless Pam and give thanks to her. And our timetable, we're just we're asking the Lord for his timetable so we don't have all the specifics on, on all the, the timing 
but we just wanted to, to let this word be known to you as, as, as quickly, quickly as we can, and, and, and I should say in a timely fashion. And so today is the right time. So Lord, we do give thanks to you for Pam, for her graciousness. Thank you, God. She's worked, ministered as unto you, Lord, for all these years. It's been a ministry, Lord. You've called her to it. She's done such an outstanding job, Lord. She's poured into so many lives. So many people's lives have been impacted because worship's so dear to your heart. And Deanna and I give thanks to you for her, for Donnie, your children. Lord, we, we ask that uh, in these next weeks, months to come, that uh, you would pour out blessing after blessing after blessing. And Lord, help us as a church just process this. This is, this is the kind of information that can really cause us just to shake us up a little bit, Lord. I pray that we would, we would just um, give this to you, Lord. Give us direction. We need your direction, Lord. We're dependent on you. But right now, Lord, we, we honor this servant. We honor Pam. We let her know how much she's appreciated and loved. So, Lord, may she be kissed on the forehead with the Father's kiss and embrace with grace upon grace, upon grace, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to be dismissed. I'm going to ask the prayer team if they'll come, and if you have any need, please receive prayer. If you have any questions, you can always contact myself, our team. The Lord bless you. You are dismissed.